Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Board Game Backwards, where we play board games having never read the rules. I'm Shay. And I'm Brian. I'm Cole. And we are going to be playing Space Space today. But let's address, we have Cole back. Hello again. Yay. <laughs> it's been a couple episodes. Uh, yeah, it's been a little while. Uh, Cole, how have things been? Well... I mean, I haven't been busy at all. Like, that's just, I've just been trying to ignore every time Shay. No, what happened is I had a baby. And so for a month, for the first month of having one of those, you don't do much board gaming or anything other than waking up every so often and feeding and changing diapers and doing baby kind of stuff. Nice. Fun times. <laughs> but I think I'm back. I'm, I'm ready to play some more board games. Yeah. I need to get back into some hobbies, some meet time for a second. There you go. Yep. Perfect. Okay. Well, exciting stuff. This is our first episode with three of us. So I'm excited to see how it goes. Uh, so Space Base, it is number 189 overall, um, but it's 33 in family. So it's it's one of those kind of up there games for a more family friendly game. Um, I've heard a lot about this and I'm hoping that it's super fun because if it's really fun, then I might pick up a copy to play with my family. So and a family style, like more party style game gives me a little more hope for us to be able to figure it out. Right. When we dove into Doom Imperium, mm. that I just, we didn't have much of a chance. Like, we got some cool things right. But these are a little, like, less dense with the rules, hopefully, if it's designed for families. Yeah. Um, if it's designed for my family to be able to pick it up, it better not have Dune Imperium-style rules. I mean, what's what's been interesting is um, this is episode number eight. So, for the past six episodes since you've been absent, I feel like... What's been interesting is it's really just a matter of what text they provide. Like, I feel like for the younger age family-based games, though, a lot of it's communicated. Well, there's a lot of pictures, but not a lot of card text. Exactly. That's what oh. I found with other games. And uh -huh. so sometimes those younger yeah. audience games are harder the Devilier to was figure out without awful. the rules. Yeah. <laughs> that was so stinking hard. Um and I'm not sure if this is going to be much different. We'll see. But we'll, yeah, we'll see when we open up the box. Um, okay, so it is 7.6 overall. Uh, so not as high as maybe some of the other games that we've reviewed. But uh, it's two to five players. And the playtime is 60 minutes. Weight is 2.11. So that's, I think that might be the lowest weight we've done. Mm -hmm. Or at least close to. Yeah. So simple game, family-friendly game. Uh, I like how it's just a solid... 60 minutes um it is designed by john d claire and published by alderac entertainment games aeg aeg okay let's open it up let's open her up Whew. the artwork on the yeah I instructions like the you know i'm not sure if i'm a big fan oh no but we'll see, on the, we'll see on the other stuff. Cartoony space. Very cartoony. It, it uh, makes me think of Buzz Lightyear Star Command. Yeah. Did you guys watch that? The TV show, the not TV the show. Lightyear movie or... Mm, mm, <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. the, the the 90s animated... I've probably seen like two or three episodes. Probably not from 90s. Probably for early 2000s. Forever ago, but... All right. Uh, this looks really simple, um, which is fun. So we have three different decks, each with a different number. Uh, deck one, deck two, deck three. 
They are very interesting shapes, though. Very narrow rectangles. Okay, here's a starting player token. So that maybe gets passed around after yeah. each round. And then we have decks with spaceships on them uh, with different colors. We have red, yellow, blue, purple, and green. Oh, and for two to five space commanders, two to five players, I'm guessing that uh, one of us each gets one of the five I want red. colored decks. Uh, that's a good thought. That would make total sense. I'll be uh, green. I'm I'm a yellow guy. I'm colorblind, so all these uh. like family games where th these are basically your five standard <laughs> colors, I, I go to yellow because it's easiest for me to see. Nice. All right, and then we have, lastly, we have these cards that just have like a blue circle with like hexagon patterns. All right, so the playmat, okay. we also have, there's five playmats in here. We each get one of those, and the tops of those are very clearly card-sized slots. Mm -hmm. Even if you look at the bottom of the card, it like completes the... Mm -hmm. the Number to one three. through 12, there's 12 slots. Mm -hmm. And below that, there's a little chart with 40 spaces. And one has a picture of, what is that, a gold coin? One has a picture of a planet, and one has a picture of a rocket ship. Mm -hmm. Going one, zero to 40. Hmm. Yep, so you can, I, I don't know, I guess level up, upgrade each category all the way to the end if you want. So I'm we guessing have, we're using these cubes. Yeah, we have these cubes. Track. Yellow is for gold, green is for the planet, blue is for spaceship. Sounds Maybe. great. Yeah, let's do it. That's, that's what I'd guess. And then a bunch of clear Especially, ones left well, over. Yeah. I mean, because there's... Five of each color cube. Yep, yep. And then the rest are just a bunch of clear cubes. Two dice, and then a little uh, token. Normal six-sided dice. I was expecting when it said it was a dice game that they would be some kind of unique mm. dice. Like uh, like uh, Bang dice game. Uh -huh. Have you guys played that yeah. one? Yeah. So I was expecting something more like that when I heard well, it was a dice Well, I mean, game. there's a spaceship. There is, on but doesn't just for the one? Yeah. <laughs> That's their biggest adjustment. Okay, well, let's, yeah, let's take a look at some of our cards here. Now, the cards are na are numbered 1 through 12. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, that's one for each slot. I'm assuming it's not going to go in order, though. And the number, the upside-down number on the bottom in the red zone kind of goes as they go. So, like, numbers 1 through 6 all have a little 1 at the bottom. Seven and eight have a little two, or yeah, nine and ten a three, eleven four, twelve five. So that's going to be our possible cost if that's going to be a coin. But why is it upside down? I mean, yeah, it seems like the upside down is for other players. So that but... you can see my... Right. Hmm. Like if we put it facing us on our player mat, then you can easily see the cost. Hmm. Not sure why. Do we have to buy from each other's? <laughs> All right. So we also have we talked about this token. Mm -hmm. If there's a starting player card, but the starting player card is the same size as all of our other cards. So maybe. So have you all played Azul, mm -hmm. where like the starting yes. player for the next round has kind of like a penalty on their thing? So maybe this takes up one of your slots if you're going to start, and you can't use it up, like because you're going to need these slots for something else. That's a good possibly. thought. Possibly. Yeah, yeah maybe. that's a good thought. 
Uh, there's a card game called Star Realms. Um, you can actually just play it for free on the App Store too. But nice. the cards are kind of very similar. Uh, like these just have really not all of the the cards in Star Realms are simple, but um, just the fact that these cards have like a planet symbol or a money symbol. Like you just it seems like you acquire these cards and that's all they do for you. Just pretty easy. I can get with that. Maybe we're going to upgrade. Maybe they really do go in those slots. <clears throat> That's what I'm thinking. <coughs> I'm thinking. If we're, if, if we're buying from each other's. Well, I'm thinking that you lay yours out and this is your starting, your starting ship or resource or whatever. Because each turn you're going to roll the dice and whatever you roll activates that number. Oh, sure. So like one I to get, 12. Those are the options. I get for three. A and then as you go through the game, you buy different cards. So here's one that goes in slot seven. I put that instead. And now when I roll a seven, mm. it activates that ability. Mm -hmm. You know, and in the top corner of each of these cards, there's a gold cost. So right. you, so every time you get resources, you track it down here, mm -hmm. your you accumulation spend and spending. Right. And then you you buy cards to upgrade your ship slots, and that's how you that's yeah. how the game goes. Yeah. And then you roll the dice, and and the idea is that you're you're wanting to maximize your efficacy of the dice rolls to achieve your objective, which is get the getting blue one the highest. Space. I don't know. I, one thing I'm wondering too is that. One um, says, place one charge anywhere. What's a charge? Is that what these uh, silver cubes are? Silver cubes are a charge. I don't know. Maybe that's the first time I've heard. I've seen that. Um, I don't know what charges would do. You always said Cole, easy game, no text, it's yeah, easy. no text, and and you're just mm. stumped. It is a very, very easy looking game. Ridiculously easy looking game. Oh, yeah. I feel like you could probably teach this game in about five minutes. I'm really stumped about that planet. I'm not getting anything on what yeah, that's supposed I, to be. Yeah, I have no idea what that's used for. It doesn't look like it's any like any card cost at all. Nope. We have the money to buy cards. We have the ship to win. And then there's planet. Claim, what's that top one? Claim, Claim one level two card and one level one card. And is that a level three? This is level three. Hmm. So the decks so, are still going to be in play. So we're not going to run out, is what it sounds like. Like we can move well, over to the other decks. Yeah, it sounds like all the decks. Maybe the deck are is just indicating its cost level. Because how much are the three the level three cards? Like 12, pricier. 15. Versus the level ones are... Twos are like seven to nine, ones, but yeah. with each deck, are there a certain number that are flipped over? Can we That's see what them? I'm kind of wondering like, is... Cause there's the deck... What's and the then point of like having all this money if we can't purchase cards? Mm-hmm. And it'd be a bummer Maybe if you four. just picked a random one, right? But I guess if you're rolling two dice, when do you ever roll one? Do you just get to pick whether you're rolling one or two oh, dice? yeah. I didn't think about the one slot. If you're rolling two dice, you're never going to roll one. Right. Or, I suppose it could be. You know yeah, what? You a, wanna... a one through a six becomes much more likely if you have the option to just take that's what, one Right, that's what he was die. saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh -huh, yeah. Uh -huh. If we can just choose, I'm going to roll one this time. But even if you've like rolled both of them, you can take mm. just one of the dice. 
options. That makes your one through six more likely than anything seven through six. What if spending a planet allows you to swap um, two cards? I mean, it's as good as anything else. Yup. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's the only thing that I can think that is unique to that. Next thing that I think we have to nail down some kind of rule for is this red, the red bar mm-hmm. that faces mm-hmm. the players. What is that all about? That's what everyone else gets. When when Shay rolls a seven, he gets the three blue that's facing his way. We both get two red facing our way. Is that going to balloon too fast? That could be it. I don't is know. That, is that too much? Um, especially for five players that probably couldn't be sustainable right yeah I don't know if that I mean it would make the game go a lot faster Um, I'm thinking it's either that yeah, or on your sure. turn when you roll the dice if you don't like what you've got you can take the red of, the red of somebody of one other, one other mm, person yeah that's a little yeah I thought about that could be I mean especially if Someone else upgrades their seven. You haven't. You roll a seven. I'm going to take theirs. Okay. Who's going first? Cole. Starting player. All right. Let's roll. I'll roll two dice. Seven. Seven. So I get three coin. Seven, seven. as well. Okay. Seven's One, the two, most three. common. And I'm going to... That's not even an upgrade. Is there any benefit to buying something if it doesn't? Well, I mean, that one gives you a yeah, one extra. You an, but this one, I'm looking at this one, like there's never a reason to buy that. Unless you've lost your... Unless once you roll something, you lose it, like we had talked about. Or if it hmm. gets like moved around for some other reason, right? You got to fill that slot again. Yeah. But that's just, I don't know, if I get a one. That I'm does gonna, seem... I'm going to go ahead and spend my Kind of weird. That... That calls it. That makes that me question. Right oh, it makes me question everything. Four. I get one measly coin. That's one more than I have. I don't have any money. <laughs> there's got to yeah, be after you spent it. There's got to be something to the fact that the one through six are all ones to start off with, and there's six sides to a die. Like. I'm not sure. All right, I'll take a planet. In fact, wait. Instead of taking a planet, because I'm not convinced we know what that is, I'm going to try taking Shay's Niner, which is three more coins for me. Mm, Brings nice. it to six. Um, and I'm going to save. I'm going to mm. save them up one more time. And I got eight, which gives me delicious three coins. Everything's delicious to you. Now hold up. Two I can spend two coins to get seven on a ten. I mean that sounds pretty good. I'm gonna do it. Seven what? Seven money coins. Ten, ten, ten. So I can either get a planet or I can get five coins. Psh. You know what I'm doing. Money, money, money. Money. I want the gold. Give so me the gold. So I have nine. Ten. Ten. Jackpot, Whoa, baby. Seven. seven. And I got double, so I get to go again. 
<laughs> yeah, right. Right? No. Right? That's how. Yeah. No. no. no, no, well, no come no, on. No, no, no. Come on. No, 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 no. Jealous. Let's go with the four slot three coiner. And I have four. Do I want to buy something else? You can only buy one thing per turn. <laughs> it's like Says you're making up who? the rules as we go along. We're all making up no, the rules as we go No, 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 no. I think if you can pay for it, you can buy as many cards as you want. Cool. Tiebreaker? Cole, what do you think? I feel like because we haven't seen a card that specifies number of buys, that you should be able to buy as many as you want. All right. Overruled. All right. <laughs> Right, and with my 10 coin, I'm going to be bold and daring. I don't think you are. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. All right, you're talking. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> that was well, bold. I just look at those. I could put something in the one slot, which is yeah, stupid. worthless if you're rolling two dice, which I've already done that. I've already made that mistake. Maybe you roll the dice, rolled... whatever number it lands on, that's the one you move in the direction of the arrow. Do I move it once? Do I move it wherever I want? Once. Like just one slot over? And as far as a procedural thing, as Brian's been getting new cards, he's been just replacing them. This would be an opportunity where if this card is going to be the one that moves, it uncovers what was below it. Mm. But we also don't know if that's <laughs> yeah, how I mean, it's going to work. Well, why not? Why don't I'll just do that. So move your seven so slot. I move my seven over to the right and cover, or do I swap? There was another one that had a pretty clear swap-looking thing. Mm, mm -hmm. But I also feel like you used this, and so you you charge maybe in the red of mine. So now it can only be used one more time by another player? tied and you were left in the dust well i was playing for the long game i i had a strategy <laughs> okay. and we just well save the long game for the real the play okay. for the real play yeah baby all right so let's read the rules so far really i like the concept of what we had going on but i feel like there was some things missing yeah this field manual is very thick yeah that's a lot bigger than you'd expect <laughs> a very simple game the goal is uh, when any player reaches 40 victory points. Oh, nailed it. Um, so, yellow is credit. Green is income. Hmm. Income? Oh. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You that get you that get? per turn. It's like in... It's like in, uh, I don't know about terraforming Mars, but in the Ares expedition, you have little income tracker that increases your income each round. Yep. I like that way better. And Although then of course, I, blues victory points. I do like the idea of swapping slots. Okay. Um, of course, you know, we got the cost indicator right, the sector number right. After a player rolls the dice on their turn, everyone else ah. so the passive players will also independently decide to allocate the rolled dice to gain rewards for their board like in machikoro sure. i should have known <laughs> um when you buy a new ship the old card already in that sector gets deployed under your board so that its deployed reward can be seen 
Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. This is already way better. Let's yeah. just play again with what we know. <laughs> <Yes. right now. laughs> uh, so, uh, so on your turn, you roll the dice. You allocate the dice. You uh, choose to use either the sum or the individual values. Hey, I said that. Suck it, Brian. Wait, you said what? <laughs> you can either use the sum or the individual value. So oh, I, you could, can? I could take a one or a four or a five. Yeah. Interesting. Because it's got it's got to even out the like the balance. Does that does that go for us as well? That's a good question. I was wondering that. Um, Do the opponents also get to choose? It doesn't say, but it'll probably say later. It's probably what I chose to do. So if I'm taking the five, you all get your passive five. It'll, I mean, it'll definitely get into detail. I know we'll get there, Cole. Okay, <laughs> we're still in the You're right about rules, and all of a sudden, you think you got everything figured out. Just because okay? we make Just up rules on. doesn't mean we need to make up rules every time we learn a new rule. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the true evolution of this podcast. Is we read one page and, and we're like, like oh, again. so. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that would take <laughs> that would so take, long. That would take days. <laughs> so, uh, and then of course you buy one card, optional. So you can only buy one. Mm. I got that one right. You All did. Right. Right. You <laughs> did. Dang it, Brian. Like Machikoro people. <laughs> okay. Um, so you may buy one ship card from the shipyard, or of course a colony card. If the same number is rolled twice, doubles. If you take the dice separately, you may gain the rewards for one sector twice. Nice. It's like going again. You were right again. <laughs> so, well, it's not quite the same, but it's it's similar. That card just says you win. What? <laughs> what? what? So the... you roll a 12 and you win. Game over. That's that's. <laughs> but think about it. That's that just ends the game early. Well, I'm confused. That's a you stupid win. card, but everyone can take that. I think you have to charge it first. Ah. Yes. There's all those cubes, the squares we haven't Uh learned yet. Uh So we'll have to to see how that comes in. This is is getting interesting. Yeah. And in the in the two player game, you need to get it or in like more than two players, you need to get it to four. Or in five players, you gotta get it. That's what the dots are, is player count. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you buy a card, you spend all of your credits. I, didn't, I, I skimmed over this because it just seemed like it was going to be basic, but apparently not. All of them? So you have like 105 <laughs> yeah, credits? Yeah. Wow. You cannot buy a card unless you have enough to pay for it. When you buy a card, you spend all of your credits immediately setting your counter to zero, even if you had more than the cost of the card. If you chose not to buy a card, you keep all of your credits. Holy smokes. Huh. So on the buy a card action, you can buy a card and keep the remaining credits. You still have to spend them, but you can keep the remaining. Wow. All right, so we are going to play now, and then we will come back after, and we'll talk about it. All right, everyone, we're back. And I wrecked him. <laughs> uh, let's clarify. He got zero points. Zero. Zero rocket points. And yet I won. You're hearing me correct, okay? I got the card that says you win if you get four 
what are these things? Charges. Charges on it? Yep. I did that. Also, for the if we were like logging this in any of those like board game trackers, it would have said Shay winner and then <laughs> Brian points. 13 <laughs> points, Cole eight points. Like that'd be the biggest well, scum in that this app, game. And that's exactly what I'm gonna do. <laughs> yes. So, um, Cole, let's start with you. What'd you think? Good engine building. More complicated than I think I thought it was gonna be, given like the cartoony design on the rule book and the like the things that we had heard about this game coming in i thought it was going to be a little more sushi go less like getting into the aries expedition of like terraforming mars kind of thing like you did really did have to look through six different cards see what your options were um it took a while to realize you know which cards you wanted to be in your active versus which could give you some good stuff up in the passive zone um but good good game brian i i liked it the now that i've played it the one thing i'd probably change is that i wish there were cards that let you mess with your opponent's board in some way Mm. Mm -hmm. because you had a, a great setup it was a great strategy and it paid off and i think that's awesome it made it less fun for me because it it put a timer on it like yeah. i knew the yeah. inevitable was coming yeah your setup was so good you got into endgame with like six points on your board and you have to get to 40 like you started yeah. buying those Providence. yeah i started like, i started just getting as many victory points as i could because i knew the end was coming and it was inevitable and i didn't want to you know right feel embarrassed but let's but but i kept looking for cards that would be like like you know rearrange an opponent's board or swap this card with something on your opponents and i think that would have been a cool added mechanic that would have made it that much more that would have made it that much more interesting so the card that cole bought here it says exchange this card with any other card on your board i wish it had said Mm -hmm. any card on somebody else's board because if you could or your board or an opponent from somebody and they could steal it back because then they'd have the card and you know just I was looking for something like that and I didn't see that it, but I been, think that would have made that would the have game, been so fun. That would have made the game <laughs> really cool so if fun. you could mess with your opponent's boards in yeah. some way. So if you're listening, Funhouse rule, you could change that card to also mess with other people's cards. Like any any swap card, like swap four and a six. Yeah, you could swap someone else's if yeah, you didn't you want could, to do yourself. You could make that house rule. It'd be fun. Yeah, I. But disregard what happened. And just look at the game. The game as a whole, I thought it was good. It feels a lot like Machi Koro to me, for anybody who's played that. It has a very similar feel, where you're rolling the dice, you're accumulating resources, and the goal is to get you know, enough resources and start steamrolling to the point where you can achieve victory. Um, and so mechanically, it felt very similar, but I did, I did like some of the unique ways that this one's played. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought it was I thought it was a really good game. I think if I were to play it again, I'd probably take the win card <laughs> yeah. out of it just because it's it's a little silly. It's a great strategy and it paid off. I don't have anything against what you did. I just feel like and it's not it's not totally broken because I don't think a 12 came up for any of us that entire time that we were playing. That's true. And so it would have. Right. That's it, true. And, and but there, there are so many ways you can get around it, not just with these. You know, you roll a number and you mm-hmm. can go the next number up, but the numbers where you can 
well, cash it in on anybody's turn. My card, exchanging this yeah, card with yours. another card, it starts on a nine. Uh-huh. There's another thing where you can exchange four and nine. So you ding that down to four, and then all of a sudden you move that up to your 12, and then anytime you get a four as one of your dice, uh-huh. then you get to put a little get charge your, like, 12 on card. and get going. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah, true. So there's ways to so, manipulate it. Right. There are ways to manipulate it. So and, it might be too in, OP. And in one sense, it makes it fun because then you're really concerned about manipulating the board and things. But on the other on the other hand, since there's no way for other players to get it away from you once you have it, or there's no way mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. I don't know. Is there a? Can I feel you like dig it through cha- the three. It changes the goal. One of those? It changes the goal enough. I wonder if this is that I feel like at that point you're almost playing a different game you know like you're not after the victory points it doesn't even matter to you whereas everybody else is i don't know but also like i mean we we do this podcast not knowing the rules right the first time we play it but, uh-huh. so you have to have kind of a base knowledge of games so credit to shay where the first cards he ever grabbed were the ones where you're building the escalator that takes you to a goal like uh-huh. I think I only saw on my turn one of those because I go after Shay. Anytime one was available, he gobbled it up and he happened to get them in the row going in the right direction. It was a but great like, strategy. He, I, yeah, he it saw was that as strategy. a winning strategy and he uh-huh. hit it early. Right. And no, not, it was great. And it's not like I was, knew that it was going to be the win. Right. Well, it's not like it was ever necessarily anticipating yeah. getting the you win. Yeah. Uh-huh. But I did see getting all those arrows just boosting me to 12 yeah. as a solid. It was a it was great strategy. Uh-huh. Excellent strategy. Yeah. Because I mean, I don't there, have there are, against the strategy. think about it though. There's this card right here, nine victory points. So I yeah. could have just been getting nine, nine, nine. I still would have shot up. Yeah. Way yeah. faster than spending a bunch of money on getting the uh, whatever these other cards are called. Yeah. Yeah. For the points. Yeah. No, it was a great strategy. Yeah. So it did end faster with the UN, but even taking the UN out, that this strategy really would have been hard to. Yeah. Hard to beat. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, like, if I, I, uh, I yeah. guess going off of that, just one, <laughs> my final comment about this. I don't know because I've only played the game once, but is that strategy so good that it couldn't be beat? Because I feel like with Machi Koro, there's a certain way to play it where if you play it this way every single time, mm. you have like a way higher likelihood to play. Or or to win, mm-hmm. you know. But it makes the game less fun. It it makes it so that, you know, there's so many possibilities of what you could do, but if you limit yourself to just a handful of things, you're more likely to win. Does it is it such a good strategy and it's so unbeatable that every time you play this game you find yourself doing the same things over and over? Does it make it less fun? Does it make it less yeah, the, that's the question. The I would escalator ask. I to victory seems like the meta for this game, and like Catan gets a bad rap in the board game community by anyone that's played anything more complicated than Catan because it's like a very good gateway. But like the thing that drew me to Catan the very first time I played it is that it seemed like there were so many ways to potentially win. You could go for right. the dev I see people cards, win. You could go for the longest road. You on could the just... most ridiculous setups you've ever seen. Right, and all because of their strategy. There's uh-huh. not one that is always better. You really have to play yeah. the way it's dealt to you. Whereas this one, it seems like grabbing those move one way or the others. You got to grab those immediately because that's how you get somewhere. Well, I'm not. I'm not saying. That that's the the best strategy. Like I said, I've only played the game once, but that's my thought. Mm-hmm. It's like if you've played enough that you know this is the best strategy, 
then does the game get really boring really fast because you just know how to beat the game. Right. And it's... I mean, but what I what I think about, though, is if you are a novice who plays someone that's really good at chess, you're going to get wrecked. Yeah, yeah. But if you get if you pit up two really good chess players, then someone might have this strategy in mind, but then the moment that this other person can kind of see that, they tweak it, and now they have to re-strategize. And so it's this constant re-implementing strategy over and over again, new new different ways because they're constantly changing as well. So I wonder if the same thing could happen. Like the moment that someone were to get one of these cards, one of these arrow cards, and another one pops up, your thought might be, I'm going to take that card because I don't want them to have it. So then maybe you eliminate that strategy and then another one comes up. Maybe, you know, it's these these dice boosts. So you think, well, I don't I don't want someone to have too many of those. And so you're always constantly trying to maybe sometimes you have to forego spending your 14 points on a good card and instead you're buying a cheap card just to keep it balanced. That's yeah, just you not having four of them in a row would make it a wildly different game. Yes. So right, all I would have to do is just take one of these out and the the escalator is is broken. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we really did just fall into a really weird luck scenario where you grabbed them early and then you also like had them drawn for you ready to grab in the right order like you went almost 11 10 9 mm-hmm. and then 8 like so you had it building up to 12 without a break mm-hmm. in your system mm-hmm. what a unique first play <laughs> yeah yeah so game. crazy that, that that worked out so well the first time we ever played it yeah it's a, it's a great strategy and it's a winning strategy right I, i'm just wondering those are just the thoughts oh totally totally head. yeah but i would say like if if this was an entirely different game and my setup was very similar to yours and we just battled it out until one of us got to 40 the first thing that i i can see with this game is we we mentioned when we played the castles of burgundy last week we felt that lack of intensity, that lack of edge of your seat. That's here. 100%. I can see it because say you're at 30 and your neighbor is at 24 and you're like, I'm, I'm trying to gun for it, but your neighbor is thinking all these different steps ahead. Like, can I pull it off? Can I boost? I mean, think about what you just did. You were able to take cold down three and you gave yourself, I think three or something. Mm-hmm. And so that was a, it was a huge six point swing. Yeah. And so I do see, had this gone differently, it would have been a lot of that intensity, that gripping uh, feeling that I love in board games. Yeah. Root is one that is on you guys's list that, that I've played before. So I'll be um, recusing myself from that podcast when it comes up, but that is a game that has end game excitement Mm. it takes a while to kind of build up and figure out what everyone's doing but the last like three turns everyone's last two turns are just insane Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah uh one thing throughout the playthrough that i was discussing a little bit was to me this game reminds me a ton of terraforming mars specifically the Ares expedition because that's the only one that i've played um but it is like crazy similar in a lot of different aspects these tiny little cubes that you have and you have an income tracker and you have money tracking and you're buying cards with your income and your income's going down and all these different cards have certain like there's a there's a lot of similarities so i would say if you like terraforming mars if you've played 
either that or the Ares expedition and you liked either of them, you're going to, you're going to like this one. I mean, no doubt there's, there's way too many similarities. So yeah. Um, I will admit though, I'm not a big fan of the, the illustrations, but I, I do like all the color, mm -hmm. all the, all the color makes it super fun. I don't get bored looking at it, but the illustrations just kind of seem a little goofy to me. Like this is a sci-fi game. So I, I feel like they could have made all of these ships look really, really cool. And I actually would have appreciated maybe even some extra text describing the ship. It's, it's fun that they have names of each ship, the uh. UES, the Brofsky five, six, four, three Geiger <laughs> class carrier. Like they, they do. I just don't know. I almost feel like they could have simplified the names and given more info on the ship like i like how they give info in wingspan on the birds oh, i would have appreciated just some silly funny little text this would have given it a little dash of flavor also yeah. the whole genre of these games is called engine building right and so it would be nifty if like the one was like a smaller piece of the engine yeah. and like you were building the engine of a spaceship and the 12 was like this big complicated like they yep. they almost yep. look like they're kind of doing that but they don't actually build on each I, other like that could have been another way to create i could not agree more so i i i've heard from other podcasts they've they've mentioned this game very briefly um all the the only thing before we played this game that i remembered was them saying you build spaceships and it's like an engine building game so what i had in my mind is exactly what you described <laughs> i i imagined you place cards down and you're building out a single ship right that would have been so Cool. You would have had the engine bay and you could have had the medical bay and the cafeteria. And as and... we're in our cards, you know, building our engines the way that we play the game, it also looks like we're building an engine and yeah. do it in the theme of the game, too. That would have been really cool. And, and you could have even had the board couldn't have been linear. It could have had it could have looked more like a ship. And so you're putting cards down in like the gun room mm -hmm. and you're putting captains and I don't know. It could have, it could have been more fun, but there is something to say about the simplicity of this game. All right. It's, it's pretty easy to follow. And that's one thing is, um, I think terraforming Mars is really fun, but it's 100% not for my family. They would never play it with me. Oh, no. mm -hmm. Um, but this game, it's much simpler than even the Ares expedition. So, if you like terraforming Mars or the Ares expedition and you're kind of bummed that you, you can't manage to get a more diehard friend group, but you do have some people that are more casual, get this one. See if they like this one. Yeah. I am shocked at how this game turned out compared to the game that we came up with. The, uh -huh. <laughs> the game we came up with was nothing. It was, there was almost no substance to it. I can't believe how much more, how further they took this than we ever envisioned it going. That's true. Yeah, but, but really it's just the one change of when you launch it, you flip it over and then you gain that on other people's turns. Like that one piece of information, once they gave me that, I was like, oh. Of course. I get it. Yeah. Like, okay, <laughs> this all makes sense. Let's play the. That's why I said earlier, okay, let's play it right now. Because just that one piece of the puzzle made everything kind of click uh -huh. but the setup now again i was on the first one the first episode of this mm -hmm. and that was a very very complicated game this one 
looks the way it is and and let's give ourselves credit we saw exactly how it was basically going to be we got yeah, a we got the setup right. exactly right like even just having these three stacks in the middle and we put out four cards to pick from and the rules mm-hmm. say six like that's semantics the rules very well could have said four that's not a like a game breaking difference between what we made up out of the blue so yeah us with our game knowledge was able to set up this game and then it's just yeah the mm-hmm. execution that but we were a little i bit also really like the mechanic of the income coming into play versus uh-huh. your coins your coins have to reset every round that's really fun yeah because that stops it's to me i almost envision it like as a governor in a car like it just it doesn't let you get too fast mm-hmm. the game doesn't get because if, if you were getting like if you had like 80, 90 coins, then boom, by the 42, boom, by the 39, now you have 14 victory points, 13 victory points, 12, like you could stack those up way too quick. Mm. And this is designed to be played pretty fast. And so, yeah, sure. Like I'm going to spend seven of my potential 11, but it's just, it's, it's trying to push the game so that you take your turn in a faster manner and you're not like having to remember, okay, I'm going to have four left over yeah. every single time. It's just, okay, I'm making a spend. I'm using all my coins. Like, you're right, as long as faster. I have enough, you just bring it down. Yeah. And it makes it interesting. Had I not won so quickly, I mean, look at where Brian's at. He's, he's got his income at eight. Oh yeah. That is, that's a ton. <laughs> like I, I was at three, you were at, or Cole was at four. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I was in a really good position <laughs> if you were if you hadn't you were, had you were, the, you were. the ladder. I feel like I was in a good spot. I mean, mind you though, otherwise. I, I didn't get a lot of points and a lot of income because I a lot was of points only you had striving to <laughs> zero points. <laughs> zero points. Well, I was because I was gunning for my strategy, so right. I don't care about anything. Yeah. But of course, otherwise I, I think I would have actually still not cared much about the points at the beginning and cared a lot more about income and building out all of these um, non-turn cards, just stacking them up. Cole, yours was looks really good. At your seven, you have tons of money. Your, your two position gives you a lot of good stuff. So I think building that out while also increasing your income is going to really launch you a lot, a lot faster than maybe, say, your neighbor who's, oh, crap, you know, they're at 15 points. It's like, well, you can you can get... 14 points in a single card once you start making a lot of money i said it before but it's a lesson in good gameplay even on your first time that shay you knew like hey if that's the if that's the method if that's the path that you're going down don't bother picking up these like nickel and dime one point here two points there like that's how you're trying to get it so grab every card that can gear you to number 12 yeah but that's that's what it does seem like a it's a really uh simple strategy game in my opinion I feel mm-hmm. like it's not that hard to just know you want to get points, mm-hmm. you want to increase your income, and you want to have a lot of those passive cards. Yep. That's all you have to know. I love that. Yeah. It's there's it's uh it's it's another reason why I prefer games like this versus the Castles of Burgundy mm-hmm. is I feel like I can strategize just as much but it's not complicated for complication's sake. That's how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> the last thing that I wanted to say that I feel like basically no other podcast that I listen to ever talks about is the rule book. The rule book was awesome. 
I love the rule book. <laughs> I felt like it was confusing. We had to look now, up the same thing multiple times. It was a little confusing, but for the most part, I reread. I actually think the reason why we got confused is because I skipped parts because it was so like well written. <laughs> And like thorough. It was thorough. It was so thorough. It repeated over and over again in kind of a different way, the rules. And so I kind of, you know, I'd get to a section that talks about a certain thing and, oh, I get that. And I would kind of skip and gloss over it. And then later on, wait, what? And then we have to go back. But I was kind of really surprised. I, If you just read it like a book, I can't imagine you're going to have too much confusion. Like, I was just impressed that they really sought after explaining everything as best as they could. The order of their explanations I really liked, and I liked how at the beginning, before they even got into the setup, they explained the game a little bit and how mm-hmm. it works and, and how you're going to win and some of the different mechanics of the game. Yeah. I, I really, uh, I liked that. I haven't seen that actually much at all in a rule book. So... I, I think for a family game, go for it. You're you're not gonna have a hard yeah, time understanding it. Um, I I don't know if I imagine seeing it as like little kids playing it, but I don't know. What do you think? Little kid. What do you mean, little kid? Like, what age do you think would be appropriate for this game? Um, I'd probably <laughs> say around eight. Cole, any thoughts? Just because there's there's a lot to think about and keep track of. And if people are experienced, I feel like it's going to go pretty quick. You know, one person rolls. And then even when it's not your turn, you're looking at their role, trying to decide what resources to get. You're counting them up. And so if they're, if you're playing with a kid, you mm-hmm. know, younger than seven or eight, who's mm-hmm. not good at yeah, adding and subtracting rapidly and doing all that stuff, you know, thinking, you also have to throughout think, the whole, you know, everybody's turn. I, and I think it might be. You got to be two steps hard. ahead in these like deck builder or engine builders. I think it's probably got to be about 12 because anything under that, you mm-hmm. need a little more randomness so that they can. There's there's no way if like the three of us added in an eight year old, we could play this a hundred times and they just would never win. Whereas like a game like Catan or even down to like Risk or Monopoly or whatever. Like you play with an eight-year-old and they will accidentally win and that makes them feel good. Mm -hmm. Um, They could play along, but Mm -hmm. they're not going to be able to be competitive. And eventually that gets said. Yeah, Yeah, I do feel like the strategy can be quite complex. The game says 14 plus. The community thinks 10 plus. Yeah. So, yeah. So. Good compromise. And I think, yeah, I think probably on average 13, 14. Mm -hmm. But if you have, I mean, I've, I have a, a cousin who's a whiz kid, man, let me yeah. tell you. And so it, at his, when he was 10, he wouldn't have had a hard time picking this game up. Yeah. So it's, it, I, I think you could probably say between, between 10 and 14. So don't, I think sometimes you hear family game and you think like your six-year-old can play it. Uh-huh. Well, not, this one's a little bit more medium weight family. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Ticket to Ride, Azul, whole family, right? This mm-hmm. is a little step above that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what would you rate the game? Um, I think a seven's fair. The community said it was like a I think seven. It was like seven point six, something like that. I think I think seven's fair. Seven. Okay. I'm right around there. I mean, it, it's not uh, you know a, a top tier game 
for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's by no means a bad game or uninteresting game. So I, I think, you know, between six and seven, I think it's good. Yeah. I think, I'd, I think I'd say like 7.5. So yeah, right along there with the community. Yeah. Not, I, I think it depends on the mood that I'm in. Um, whether I'm in, like, I want something that's a lot more strategy heavy versus kind of just having fun. Um, like I said, in our review of quacks, I rated that a little bit higher and I think that game's just, it's kind of kooky and fun. And it's just, I think you just can have fun with it versus this one seems a little bit more strategic. So yeah, but I think 7.5. Yeah. Sweet. All right, everyone. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we definitely had a good time playing the game. If you want to watch the playthrough, you can subscribe on Spotify or head on over to our Patreon and Please don't hesitate to leave a review, uh, message us on um, Discord, wherever it is that you can find us, hit us up. We'd love to engage with you. If you want to have a say in what game we play next, you can uh, participate in the weekly poll on Patreon as well. So uh, thanks again. We hope to see you all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.